of the Chewing Your Boot podcast is here and after a long hiatus we're back with our first episode of 2021. We start the year off with a bang with Geelong Cats halfback flanker Jed Buse joining the show. Drafted to Geelong in 2011 under the father-son rule, Jed has currently played 103 AFL games and cemented his spot in a strong Geelong Cats lineup. It's great to hear about his journey so far and his vibrant future. So we hope you enjoy this one as much as we did. Jed, welcome to the podcast. Boys, thanks for having me, Kenaz. Pleasure to have you. Firstly, take us back to your younger years and where your passion for sport and specifically footy, specifically footy developed from. Obviously, we'll touch on your dad a bit later, but from your memory, what are your earliest memories of sport and footy? Uh, tough. Don't know my earliest memory, um, but it would have to be probably Auskick footy around that time when I was starting um, with my older brother. So... I, uh, I was always kicking the footy around with him. Um, some of my mates, we'd always be doing something outside, whether it be footy, um, athletics is another big one of mine. Um, so I usually did that in the, in the summer. Um, but whatever we were doing, it was always outside um, and had something to do with sport. So, um, and I think you've touched on a little bit. My old man, he had a... Yeah, obviously your dad, Andrew, a 280-game AFL, VFL player, with mostly for Geelong and then moved up to Queensland for a bit. How big an influence was he really on your career and early footy life? Uh, massive. Uh, he was, yeah, I obviously grew up looking up to him. Uh, I've got small memories of, of um, up in Brisbane when he, he finished up up there. Um, but yeah, he was he was awesome going up. Or you know, he was always telling us stories of of the good old days um, back when he was playing. And, and I always thought that's something I want to want to do when I'm older. Uh, never never thought I had I was good enough. Um, even even when I was getting close to that draft year, I probably didn't think I was a chance. Um, but yeah, I was lucky enough. The cats saw something, and and so so far it's been pretty good. But um, no, the old man was huge. He he coached me under. I think it was under 14s around that age and it was one of the best years of me me footy life it was it was just awesome fun to hear his knowledge at a time where not just myself that whole group probably needed a bit bit of guidance and and he was really good at that kind of stuff so that was probably one of the, the sticking points and you mentioned the athletics you were a talented athlete in young in your younger years similar to your uncle steve who many of our listeners would know Polvo, with your event, did you ever consider or have a desire to represent Australia in athletics? Uh, I thought about it. It was, yeah, when I was probably that 16, 15, 16, I had to make a choice which one I was going to go for. Um, but for me, I, I love the team aspect of, of footy. And I did love Polvo and I was I really enjoyed it. I was reasonably successful at it, but... Um, I just really crave that team environment and, and being around my mates. So 41 out, but I think I've made the right decision. I do do look back and, and miss it at times, but um, no, I'm happy with my decision. And we hear a lot about one of your close mates, Mark Blitzars, and his background as a steeplechaser. Do you ever wonder why the fact that you're a champion pole vaulter sort of flies under the radar a little bit? Uh Probably because Mark was going to go to the Olympics. That was his, <laughs> you know, that he had that big, big thing he was aiming for, which he didn't quite make, uh, which is probably fortunate for us because he's turned out to be 
a pretty handy player as well. Um, but you yeah, know, his stories, he's is better than mine. You know, he was he was close, a very good runner, and and it's probably something that transferred to football a little bit better than Pavel. Uh, the running side of it, he's certainly still still going pretty strong. So uh, no, I'm happy for for Blitz to take the big story. That's that's fine by me. And then moving on to your later teenage years, you played for the Geelong Falcons Falcons in the TAC Cup. Can you tell us a bit about your draft year and how you managed playing your rep footy as well as year 12 and that kind of thing? Yeah, so I ended up doing Cedar. So I switched across at year year 10 I did at Geelong High and then I switched to Cedar year 11, uh, which which made it very easy. Um, they were great. They, they'd kind of focus, let me focus on my footy. Um, and if I ever had to miss miss school for whatever reason, they were they were fine with that. Um, my uh, the last year, under where was I under? I would have been a seventeen year old. I didn't make the Vic Country squad. I was not up to it. I know I know that, but I managed to play some good footy when all those boys went up to that level. Uh, so I played, yeah, played some good footy, and, and it just must have been, you know, those little bits that that Wellesley at Geelong saw and just must have liked something. I don't know what it is, what it was, but um, it was enough to get me picked up, which is pretty nice. Yep. And come November 2011, you were picked up with the 86 pick in the national draft. Describe the emotions and the feelings of that day. So that day wasn't really a surprise because they do the, um, the father-son a few weeks before in the trade week or I'm not sure what what period it is but it was even earlier uh it was before my last finals game for the Falcons they called me into the club and sat us all down and and said we're going to draft you and I didn't I wasn't expecting that I think my old man but um I was pretty oblivious to it and so I didn't I didn't know whether to truly believe him because his stories of blokes being told that all the time but it came to the um father-son part what they do and it was the whole bidding system and no one else bidded so that all went through so um got pretty excited and, and it was pretty much the next day I was I was at the club training they got me in as, as soon as they could so um when draft came around in that time yeah I was I was really into the swing of things and how significant is being a father-son selection to you and your dad as well obviously uh it's pretty exciting for me I, I love being at the club um, I was actually a Brisbane supporter growing up, but um, I understand that, you know, once you kind of get into the, the Geelong system and you meet everyone there, you just fall in love with the place. And, and I'm stoked that I'm at, at Geelong, but uh, no, it is, it is pretty cool to walk around the club and you see the names up on the wall and you see my old man's up there. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. And I can't really speak for dad, but I'm, I assume he's pretty happy. Mum and dad are pretty chuffed, I think. And then you made your AFL debut in round nine of the 2014 season against Frio when they were a pretty strong side back then. Unfortunately, you went down, but you were impressed with 15 touches. How do you personally reflect on that debut game? Uh, oh, it was awesome. It was one of the best best things I've ever done. Um, I was probably, in my head, I was ready to play that game. I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I was nervous probably running out in the ground, but the whole lead up, because I was... I've had, I missed my chance. I reckon. I think it was a year before. Actually, I was a bit injured, and then I was told that I was probably going to play the following week. So I, I was 
probably ready in my head to play and I thought I was playing well enough at VFL level. So when I got that chance, um, I was pretty confident that I was capable of playing well. Um, and then I just went out and for the first five minutes, ran around like a headless chook and cooked myself. But um, it was awesome fun. Um, unfortunately, we did lose, but uh, it was one of the best games I've, I've been a part of. And you alluded to it there. You'd been in the list for a few seasons up to that point. Was it a relief to receive an opportunity? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, know, you speak to people that have been through the system and it's always the work starts when you get to the club. You hear that expression a lot. Um, and it's pretty true because you get there and at the start, I was probably just happy to be there. Uh, they just want a flag in 11. So I was drafted the end of that year and I was not really looking at a senior game because their back line was unbelievable. So I knew I was going to have to just work on my craft in the VFL and then if things went pretty well, then I'd get a chance. And unfortunately I did. And you play the role of a dashing and fearless defender at the moment. Have Were you always a defender, especially coming up? Nah, so like most AFL players, they normally start your juniors in the midfield. Um, so I was, yeah, I was a bit of midfield, forward, sometimes back. Like I'd, I'd just kind of go everywhere. Um, and I think it was when I got to the Falcons, I played a bit of wing my bottom year and then settled onto the halfback flank. And yeah, when I got to Geelong, I've been a defender most most of the time. I did try myself down forward, but um, it didn't work. So I went straight back and uh, went all right when I got back there, which is all right. And you've been a regular in the side for the past five seasons. You mentioned before that you felt like you were ready for your debut game, but when did you really start to feel comfortable that you were performing at AFL level? Oh, probably last year. (laughs) No, um, I don't know. You do little bits and pieces in games where you you think you're up to it and then other times you you muck something up and you think you're way out of your depth. So um, probably, I'm probably still fine with it, to be honest. I've got a slightly different role. Uh, last year I did, and I'll have a slightly different role this year as well. So it's, I think it's just always learning and, and being comfortable, being uncomfortable and, and just make mistakes, move on. That's probably the thing that I've learned that's, uh, you know, made me or helped me play better. During that time, you've gone down in three prelims and a granny. How is it a feeling? Is it a bittersweet feeling having that consistent success but without achieving the ultimate? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's pretty exciting to know, well, not know, but to be always competing for that that uh, flag. A lot of teams don't get that opportunity. So we're a team that always throw a hat in the ring and, and we'll be there. Um, so it is an exciting place to be around. You just you know you're going to be around the mark. It's just you just need everything to go right. Um which we've learned that they're pretty hard to win the grand finals. We're still still trying, so we, we do know how, how hard they are, but um, we've just got to go again. That's, all, that's the only choice we've got. Just keep going. And moving on to this past season, it goes without saying how unique it was. Can you firstly give us an insight into that period of lockdown between March, April and May and how you kept yourself motivated with that ambiguous restart date? Yeah, so because I wasn't picked round one, so that was a bit of a kick in the guts, to be honest. But um, so I went away, and I've got I've got a house here that I've 
doing some renovations and stuff. So I probably just had a good mental break at the start and just did some work, just didn't even think about footy. Um, still did me training that, that they gave us. Um, and then when we went back in, um, just attacked the training and thought, oh, I've got nothing to lose here. I've, I've kind of got to get myself back in the team. Otherwise, things aren't looking good. So, yeah, probably playing on the edge last year at the start helped me. Um, but uh, with the, the lockdown, I, I enjoyed it. I got to spend time with the housemates and a little bit of the family when we were allowed to see them. But my house got to get a lot of the stuff done. So um, that was a positive. And now the hub, we've heard a lot about it from various sources, but I'm interested to know how what it was like for you personally and how tough you found being away from family and home and that sort of thing. Yeah, I... I actually enjoyed it. I was, I know a lot of people didn't and everyone had their different situations with family and stuff, but um, I, I don't have a partner. I've, my family's all down here, which I did miss them, but, you know, my, my dog probably, that was the other thing. But, um, you know, training training less, playing more, traveling with your mates, playing footy. Uh, that's why I looked at it. It was, it was pretty good fun. Um, we were lucky in Southport where we were staying. We got to, we had the hotel to ourselves. And the footy ground, which we trained at, was at the hotel as well. So we didn't have to really um, fight with anyone else over anything. We had the oval there, the gym. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually, you know, enjoyed it and, and had some fun. Uh, I guess it's just different for everyone. There's guys with families and extended families back home, which they didn't get to see. So I understand that that would have been tough, but I knew that, you know, this, it wasn't going to last forever. We'll be back here and see everyone real soon. So, no, I just embraced it and had fun. And in between training and playing, I assume you had a bit of spare time. What did you get up to in these moments? Uh, yeah, I read a few books. I we We're always – actually, a lot of the time we're playing different card games. We bought a heap of um, different board games and card games up there. Uh, there were PlayStations, so there was – there was plenty to do um, and then just, you know, relaxing, hanging out with your mates. I enjoy having coffee. There was a barista up, up on the rooftop at our place. So go up there with different people, have coffee. Um, yeah, it was – in that way, it was actually really good. You got to probably meet and find out more about everyone that works at the club. So there was uh, – you know, you should look at some of the positives and that was, that was one of them. And you had another fantastic season, both personally and as a team in the midst of all this. Before we touch on the grand final, it must have been extremely pleasing to break through and win a prelim in a pretty clinical display against the heavy favourites and hometown heroes in the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, it was good. And it wasn't looking good uh, the week week before. Sorry. Um, when we lost that one, Port Adelaide, they got us. And it wasn't looking good for us. So... Um, no, it was nice to um to finally get through to a grand final, and even just just to experience that uh, was amazing. It was probably amazing up to half time until Richmond turned it on. But um, yeah, it was an unbelievable um unbelievable year for us. We were, we were pretty pumped with it. Yeah, it was like you said, bittersweet. We were so close to um to winning it, but wasn't wasn't for us. Yeah, and like you mentioned, despite the ending to the season, the club still must have been <clears throat> elated with the outcome of the and when viewing it holistically, given the circumstances and everything. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
you know, it would have been easier just to, to fold and and crumble and complain and, and probably, you know, have a, an average year. Whereas I think right from the start, even when there's a lot of uncertainty of how things are looking, Scotty would just come in and say, all right, as, as of right now, we're playing this week. Um, until you hear otherwise, that's the plan. And then if something changes, we just embrace it. Because the thing is, everyone was kind of in a similar boat. So you couldn't really complain too much because, you know, everyone's in the same it's just whoever handled it better and I think that was probably one thing we did the whole year obstacles um, better than other one, other teams so no I think it was um, the club ran it really well they did a really good job and pre-season this year how's everything shaping up it's obviously been a pretty quick turnaround from last season finishing in October can you give us an insight into the club at the moment yeah it has been a quick turnaround because we only started back Jan Gen six, I think. I'm one of the older ones now, so we got a couple of uh, yeah, a couple of weeks extra. Um, so it was uh, it was good to start a bit later, and I think games are only what twenty something days away, so or practice games. So um, it has gone pretty quick. Everyone, I think everyone's every team says this, you know, everyone's flying all that kind of stuff. But I think all the numbers for us this year is everyone's come back in really good shape, um, which that's all you can ask from from the guys. So. And all, I think all the younger ones, all the younger guys are, um, they're keen. They can sniff this opportunity for spots, which is good for, for the whole club, really. So um, there'll be a few guys putting their hands up for games, which is good. Um, everyone's in, yeah, good spot. We're ready to go. And you obviously got some boom recruits in Jeremy Cameron and Sean Higgins. Can you give us a bit of an insight in how, to, how they're shaping up in their first season at the club? Yeah, those guys are going really well. Um, they've just... They've hit the ground running. They're they're just training like uh like you see them on TV. So um it is good. Um some of their ball use, Higo, uh, Isaac, some of their ball use going inside fifty, um, has been unbelievable. And um yeah, big Jeremy Cameron, uh, I think he's he's a bit sore at the moment. Uh, but I think it's only small. Uh but he before that he was um he was absolutely flying. Some of the marks he's taken is you know, he shouldn't have been taken. I mean, he's playing on some good defenders and, and making them look silly. So, um, no, nah, it is exciting to get those three guys in the team for sure. And obviously another thing about the end to last season was Gary Ablett retiring. And can you just talk us through how that was around the club, farewelling such a legend of the game and someone that had a huge impact on the club? Yeah, we probably didn't get to celebrate him like we would have uh, in a normal year, only because we were pretty much kicked out of the hotel two days later. But um, yeah, the next couple of nights we had, you know, a few drinks and um, and really celebrated with him and him and his family and and all that. So um, it was good. It was it was um, yeah, very emotional at the end of the game um, to see him the way he was. But uh, yeah, unfortunately we didn't get the the win for him. But um, you know, he's he's um he's a ripper. I still still get a few messages from him every now and then, so it's good. And just to finish, Jed, we've obviously touched on a lot of footy and sport, but away from the game, how do you keep yourself busy and get that outlet from the demands of AFL footy? Yeah, I, I do my little uh, renovation stuff. So I like my property, um, that kind of stuff. Love me coffee, so I'm always always out getting a coffee with a few of the boys. Um, I've got a little dog, which you might have been able to hear him sooking just before. Um so he keeps me busy. Um, 
little bit of PlayStation here or there. Um, but yeah, just anything. I've, I've got a couple of crazy housemates, so they're always up to something. Um, so it's, it's always a, a busy house, which is good fun. That's good. Well, that's all we've got for you, Jed. We can't thank you enough for your time and we wish you for the best of luck for not only this coming season, but the rest of your career. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. We'll catch you next time.